Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Times Online Pittsburgh Penguins podcast. Uh, it is great to be back here with you as it is each and every Wednesday at TimesOnline.com. Of course, it is Brian Metzger, your old buddy, your old pal, your Penguins aficionado, if you will. And uh, as I said, it is great to be back here with you as it is each and every Wednesday. I'm sure you'll be hearing this at some point during the Wednesday morning or afternoon hours. I am recording this after the Penguins lost to the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday night. So it was a pretty ugly showing, and we'll get into that a little bit more as we run through the show here uh, with you today. But I first should mention that we finally have winter upon us here in Pittsburgh, so that makes this hockey season feel a little bit more like hockey season. I guess that's good because we're experiencing playoff football and all of those fun things. So uh, we have snow on the ground here in Pittsburgh, and quite a bit of it at least through Tuesday, and it's uh, going to be going on probably for the foreseeable future here in town. So uh, we we aren't lucking out anymore with our 60-degree temperatures. But uh, that's a little bit warmer, I think, than the Penguins showing against Carolina. You would have hoped for them to have a little bit of a better game, especially after the way they played on Saturday night in Montreal. But we are going to take you through the Carolina game. We'll talk a little bit about some of the games that happened over the week that was since we were last together here on the show. And we'll try and break down a little bit of what happened to the Penguins here as they lost to Carolina on Tuesday night. But before we get into any of that, I should tell you where you can find the show. You already know you can find it at timesonline.com itself. That's where we're always going to be, and all of our other podcasts are available for you there as well. All of our other great written content and so on, uh, covering all sports, news, etc., etc. You can also find the podcast at Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Simply ter- Simply search... Uh, Beaver County Times, and you will find everything you need in terms of our podcasts, and we have a lot of great content for you, even though um, it seems like there's a couple boo birds out there that were uh, maybe maybe not so thrilled with our podcast, but that's a story for another day. I was trolling a message board, and yeah, I read your post. I saw it, and um, I think everybody else is enjoying it, so you can say, you can stay and lurk on your little message board uh, anonymously and and try and rip on our organization, but we're going to keep coming at you live and screaming because that's what we do here at timesonline.com. But I should tell you where you could find me on Twitter. You can get me at Brian underscore Metzer. I look forward to interacting with you all uh, via social media, so please just touch base anytime with your Penguins questions. We, of course, will answer Penguins questions here on the show. Uh, We do have one that we will hit a little bit later on in the program, but uh, get yours in for next week because we are live with you every Wednesday and we will answer your questions uh, that you submit, you know, and that's about the NHL, the Penguins, or anything else that's on your mind. And, of course, if you have something off the wall, you know, we do cover news of the weird here, which we will handle during this show as well. I'd be glad to go through that and answer just something a little bit off the wall for you, too, if you have something like that in mind. But let's uh, jump through the week that was in Penguins hockey. And the last time we were together, we were all riding a pretty nice high. The Penguins had just turned in a very solid game against the Chicago Blackhawks. It was one of the most entertaining hockey games of the season. They they lost in overtime, but it was just back and forth action. They fought back. They they got themselves in a tie situation. They get to overtime and uh, they they lost, but it was it was still it was something I felt like they were going to definitely be able to build upon. And if you recall, I told you, make sure you tune in on Wednesday night because you're going to love what you see from the Penguins as they uh, get together with the Blackhawks for a rematch on uh, last Wednesday night. Unfortunately, 
it didn't live up to the hype at all. They were wretched in that game. They were outshot 15-3 to in the first period, 37-18 to for the game as a whole. And the bad thing is they were facing a backup goaltender, Scott Darling, who is a great story in and of itself, but uh, that's that we can talk about that another time. Darling uh, fills in for Corey Crawford. He's his backup. He got the chance to play against the Penguins on Wednesday night. Marc-Andre Fleury was playing in back-to-back games. But Darling, uh, some people here in Pittsburgh might be familiar with him because he did some spend some time in Wheeling playing uh, at the ECHL level a handful of years ago as he was working himself back into uh, playing professional hockey. But he had it very easy in this one. As I said, uh, Penguins just mustered 18 shots overall on him. They were again bitten by Artemi Panarin, the outstanding Russian rookie for the Chicago Blackhawks. He scored two more goals, giving him four in the two-game set against the Penguins. Evgeny Malkin was able to get on the board with a power play goal, but that's all the Penguins would muster. And uh, they they sort of went whimpering into the night in this one, uh, uh, Tara Vine and the Finnish young youngster for the Chicago Blackhawks. He scored an empty net goal to end the uh, to pretty much put the dagger in the Penguins in that game, and they did fall to the Blackhawks three to one. But then came Saturday night, which was just an epic outing. I mean, it was a great night overall in Pittsburgh. We had the Steelers playing in their playoff game, and that already I'm sure you know if you're a sports fan, you already know what happened there. I mean, it was a, just a, a crazy turn of events against the Cincinnati Bengals. But uh, you can hear that on our on our Steelers podcast or hear all about it on our Steelers podcast. But for me, I was watching some of that. I had the Penguins going on uh, on my laptop slash tablet here because we wanted to have both screens up. And, of course, we had to watch a little bit of the Lemmy tribute that night. So it was just a good night overall. And the Penguins held up their end of the bargain. They went into Montreal, which is a pretty hostile environment. It's one of the best environments in hockey. And especially on a hockey night in Canada, you just thought that the Canadians would be shot out of a cannon. Their Penguins former coach, Michelle Terrians there. And... Uh, I'll, I'll just say the Penguins had full control of the game. I mean, they really took it to the Montreal Canadiens in this one. And uh, I just felt like it was going to be the kind of thing that was going to springboard them through a huge week. I mean, the Penguins played so well in this game. They won 3-1. to one. It's They were just so dominant that P.K. Subban, who scored the only goal for the Montreal Canadiens, he was so frustrated by seeing Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin dance around his team all night long that he met the media postgame with a, uh, a little bit of an ex- expletive-filled tirade. We can't even tell you what he said here. He was upset um, just based on what the Penguins did to them, and he calmed down a little bit after. He's a very charismatic young man and explained that it was because he was just so frustrated watching Sid and Gino and the Penguins really take it to them on home ice, and you felt like that was going to be just great because the Penguins had of their next three games, they were going to face the Carolina Hurricanes twice, Tampa Bay Lightning. They're uh, going to be playing the Penguins on Friday night. And you just felt like they needed as many points as possible in those three games because uh, all of those teams are jockeying for playoff position in the Eastern Conference and specifically the Carolina Hurricanes. They're nipping at the Penguins' heels. And right now, I believe, um, you know, just to do some quick math in my head, after tonight or after Tuesday's loss to them, the Penguins picked up a point. They gained two. I believe the Penguins are one point ahead of them in the standings. So they're close to leapfrogging them. However, the Eastern Conference is so jumbled. Penguins are just five points out of the third spot in the Eastern Conference because the East has just been so uh, filled with so much parity, and it, it's just really all lumped up aside from the Washington Capitals and the Florida Panthers who have been head and shoulders above everybody else. But they came out 
against the Hurricanes on Tuesday night in much the same way that they did against the Chicago Blackhawks last Wednesday. And uh, it's just, it, it was an ugly showing, especially in the first period. Penguins generate just 25 shots overall, just five during the first period. Now, the Hurricanes weren't much better in the first period, but they still found themselves leading this game two to nothing. Uh, the Penguins were really fighting to get back into it. Eric Stahl scored a goal off of a very ugly play. I don't even know what the Penguins were doing. They had three players covering Elias Lindholm, the uh, outstanding young uh, Swedish player. He was behind the net, and he, he made a play to just get a puck out front where it goes to Chris Versteeg. He feeds Eric Stahl, and he buries it to make it one nothing uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Then Chris Versteeg scores an ugly goal, another uh, assist for Lindholm, and Eric Stahl was on the board again for this one as well, getting the second assist. But he, he essentially put a puck over the top of the net that went off of Marc-Andre Fleury's back and into the goal. It's 2 nothing Hurricanes. Well, Chris Letang, who's been very hot lately, he's been playing some of the finest hockey of his career under uh, new head coach Mike Sullivan. He scores off of a face-off win. Sidney Crosby wins it back to Ali Mata, who found Letang, who just rips a shot past Cam Ward to make it uh, 2-1. to one. They go to the third period, and uh, Chris Kunitz would score his first goal in quite a while off of a Sidney Crosby feed to tie this one up. So at least the Penguins get themselves a a loser's point out of this, if you will. I mean, and uh, that's what we'll call it because it felt like that after the way they went out in this one. Bad penalty by Evgeny Malkin in overtime. He hooks Jordan Stahl. Just 22 seconds later, Jeff Skinner scores the game-winning goal in overtime. The Penguins fall in this one 3-2. Uh, to two. And... Um, this is some a couple quick things I wanted to tell you about the game. First, it's the third two-goal comeback in the last six games for the Penguins. Now, it's good that they're coming back, but it's bad that you trailed 2 nothing three times in your last six games. So they've got to turn that around in a hurry. There's another situation where Phil Kessel was coming down the left wing, and he fires a, a wicked wrist shot, catches Cam Ward right in a mask, knocks his goaltending mask off, Ward's down in a heap for a minute. He sort of gets up laughing about it. But it was just a situation that uh, I wanted to tell you about. If you haven't seen that play, go check it out. There's a, a couple of gifts floating around. I think the Penguins tweeted one out uh, a little bit earlier in the evening on Tuesday. But uh, a couple weird things happened at the start of this game. Mike Sullivan put Patrick Hornquist on the left wing with Evgeny Malkin and Phil Kessel. That didn't last very long. He broke that line up in pretty short order. Now, the interesting thing is of Hornquist's 468 career games. He's probably played the left wing 12 times now, once you count tonight. Uh, and it's just a, a really ugly move. I don't, I don't know why you'd play him out of position. He, he's, he's never looked comfortable there. That's one of the first things Mike Sullivan did that made me scratch my head a little bit. Aside from the time that he put Phil Kessel on the left wing, because he's another one that needs to play on the right to get, uh, get himself going. But both of those guys have been used out of position since Mike Sullivan's been here. And it's been a little bit of a, those, those kinds of things. I know he's just trying to plug and play, sit, uh, plug and play guys to find the right mixture or the right way to use them. And uh, in this spot, I, I don't know that it worked because he he took him off of that line probably during the second period, I believe it was. Put him back up with Sidney Crosby, moved David Perron back down, and uh, things seem to be going pretty well for the top line. So we'll see what they do moving into their next game on Friday against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, one other note about the game. Um, more shots in the third period, 13 of them. 
than the Penguins put up in the prior two periods. They had just 12 combined over the first and second. No shots in overtime, but a, a pretty ugly win by or ugly loss by all accounts to the Carolina Hurricanes. And this was one they needed two points in, in my estimation. So uh, they they have a chance to get some retribution on on uh, Sunday whenever the Carolina Hurricanes come to Pittsburgh. But this is one that's going to leave a little bit of a foul taste in the Penguins' mouth or collective mouths, and they're going to have to sit on this one now for a handful of days because, as I just mentioned, they won't play again until Friday when the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning come to town for a 7.30 game against the Penguins at, uh, well, they're not going to be in town. What am I talking about? They're in Tampa Bay, but uh, the the Penguins will be back home on Sunday, and that's what I meant to say, though. It's 7.30 down in Tampa Uh, At least the Penguins will have maybe some fun in the sun going on while we're here suffering in the cold climates of Pittsburgh. Now, to go through some of the scoring lines of the or scoring uh, or the storylines of the week. Geez, my mind is a little scatterbrained here for you guys uh, at this late hour. But uh, let's just get right to it. There are a number of storylines I wanted to talk about. And one of the biggest things is secondary scoring absent. And this is one of the questions that I got on Twitter as well. My old buddy, uh, Chris, he asked the uh, about the Penn's bottom six. And I'm just jumping into that because his question will be answered with some of this information. Uh, he said, Penn's bottom six inconsistent again. And he's talking about all of the usual suspects. Benino, Fair, Plotnikov, Porter. He's saying they've been non-existent in terms of their scoring. Why isn't Sprong on the roster over these guys? Well, Daniel Sprong can't come back now, first of all, because he's been reassigned to his junior team in uh, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. And once you send a player down, unless you have a bunch of injuries and there's an emergency situation, you can't call him back up. He uh, He's there for the year until his junior season is over. But he's been red hot for the Charlottetown Islanders. He's played in seven games since returning, and he has 10 points, six goals. He has a plus two rating down there, 36 shots on goal, and two game winners. So all of that looks great, and it and it's going to bode very well for him in the future. But you're going to have to hope that Mike Sullivan finds a way to get his guys here in Pittsburgh going a little bit. And when I talk about that, I'm talking about guys like Nick Benino. We're talking about guys like Eric Fair, Kevin Porter, uh, Matt Cullen, all of these guys in the Penguins' bottom six. You looked at this situation and you told yourself that the Penguins have this deep, fleshed-out forward group that's going to be outstanding. It's going to be so much better than the group that they had in the past where they were really just, um, you know, they had guys that could be maybe a little bit more blue-collar, but they couldn't go out and score. Well, this year we all anticipated a guy like Nick Benino was going to come in and start lighting it up. Eric Fair was going to come in and start lighting it up because those two, have combined for 69 goals and 152 points over their past two seasons before joining the Penguins. That's pretty solid production from your from your bottom six. Matt Cullen, who uh, we all know Jim Rutherford grabbed him very late, very last minute in the offseason before the season started. He had 17 goals in a fourth line capacity over the past two seasons. So those three guys, you'd think that they were going to score a little bit more. Unfortunately, Benino, just one goal over his last 27 games. Fair, just four in his last 31 And Cullen now has just three goals in his last 19 games. So all three of those players have got to start doing a little bit more. I still fully believe 
that uh, Jim Rutherford's looking to graft a forward onto this team. He he wants to get himself another bottom six guy who can chip in offensively. And the shame of it is a guy like uh, Joel Ward, who's out in San Jose now, the former Washington Capitol. We all know that he was somebody that the Penguins were talking to. He's found a way to chip in some offense this year. He would have looked pretty good here. Uh, Jason Chimera down in Washington as well, who used to make up an outstanding line with Joel Ward uh, over the past couple seasons. He's having himself a very solid year in Washington right now. He stayed there, obviously. But the, those are the kinds of guys that you've got to find a way to graft on. I, I thought that the Penguins had that in Nick Benino. And Eric Fair, unfortunately, it's not happened as of yet. So when you look at the struggles of guys like Patrick Hornquist and Chris Kunitz as well, who have played in the top six capacity quite a bit this season, and uh, they've combined for just seven goals, counting the goal that Kunitz scored on Tuesday night in their last 18 games, you're starting to look at a team that's, again, just very top-heavy. You're getting all of your offense, or you're reliant on Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Phil Kessel to score all the goals, and even Phil Kessel's not been that productive. He's a guy that, yeah, he's you know he's broken the 20-point plateau this season, but he's still just sitting at 12 goals. He needs to pick it up a little bit, and uh, he's missing empty nets. He had it happen to him in Montreal. He just looks like a guy that's a little bit snake-bitten and frustrated right now. You hope he can get it going for himself because he, he's a guy that, you know— we we all anticipated that Phil Kessel was going to get to Pittsburgh and do nothing but score, and it's just not happened so far. So so Jim Rutherford's got to be scratching his head. I know Mike Sullivan is a little bit, but the team is starting to generate some offense. They've had a pretty decent showing over the past, say, 10, 12 games. However, you're starting to see some of those bad signs. Just two goals against Carolina scored on Tuesday. They put up three in the win over Montreal, but they were able to score just three combined goals in the back-to-back losses to the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, scored 10 goals in wins over the Detroit Red Wings and the New York Islanders ahead of that. So uh, we know they're capable. We know they, they can find ways to score a little bit. But we've got to see more of it uh, for them to be successful and for them to win games. So to take it full circle, back to what Chris was asking, no, we can't get Daniel Sprong back to Pittsburgh unless there's an emergency situation. But you got to find ways to get the offensive production out of those guys that you brought in to do that. I mean, these are all players that you anticipated were going to be able to chip in and help your team, and they're not doing it right now, and at least in terms of the offense. So they'll, they'll get that going. Now, another guy that I, I think needs to pick it up here are two more guys, Kevin Porter and Sergei Plotnikov. Uh, right now, Porter... He has been a great penalty killer for the team, and uh, Plotnikov has been, I don't know yet. We're still trying to determine what he is. I know Mike Sullivan has said those same things. He's trying to figure out what he has in Sergei Plotnikov. They've each played 20 or more games for the team so far. They have zero goals between them, and it's just a situation now where Plotnikov has two assists, and you just you need more than that from him. Porter has two assists. It's just four points combined on the year from these two guys. And both probably should be playing in the American Hockey League. I'd love to see Plotnikov get a chance to go down there and play for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. Give, give himself an opportunity to build some, some confidence. He has very little of it now. At least that's what it appears to me when he's out there playing. 
He doesn't look confident with the puck. Doesn't look like he's confident in his decisions. He's making some bad reads. I don't know that uh, when he when you sit him out a long period of time and you put him back in, is the is the game starting to get too fast for him again? Because he almost loses a step by not playing. Then you get him back in the lineup, and you know it's just not worked for him. You brought him over in hopes that you'd catch a little bit of lightning in a bottle and he would be able to put up some offense, and he's not been doing it so far. And it, it leaves a little bit more of a bitter taste in your mouth when you know that the Penguins were talking with Plotnikov. They got him, obviously. They were talking with um, Victor Tikhanov, who has sort of been a washout in the National Hockey League this year. He washed out of the Chicago Blackhawks organization already. The Arizona Coyotes have him, and uh, he's done nothing for them so far either, very little anyway. And then you see a guy like Artemi Panarin for the Chicago Blackhawks, who was another free agent signing, who has been just great for them. I mean, he's going to probably be the rookie of the year unless Dylan Larkin from the Detroit Red Wings ends up winning it. I think Larkin has a very good chance at it, but uh, Panarin, it's going to be hard to knock him off, especially with the way he's putting up some points. But um, it's a head scratcher to me that you're handling Plotnikov the way that he's being handled right now. He has You have the option of sending him down to the Wilkes-Barre Scranton. He doesn't have to clear waivers. He's on an entry-level contract. I would send him down see how he can go there, see how it works out, and just uh, let him build up some confidence. Penguins are reaping the benefits of a couple of call-ups, and I think these guys might help with the secondary scoring a little bit. They'll at least add a little bit of grit, a little bit of uh, skill to the bottom six, and that's Brian Rust and Tom Kunockel. Uh Rust scored the game-winning goal against the Montreal Canadiens on Saturday. I think he looks like a new man. He's not the same player that he was last season or the season before. He's not just a one-dimensional, have to look at the puck the entire time, can't make many uh, solid plays. He's now looking a lot more confident. He goes to the net with authority. He can make a pass now. He can look up and make a read while he's carrying the puck. He couldn't do that before. And uh, that's nice to see. And now getting him the goal on Saturday should go a long way towards helping his confidence. He was playing on a line with Benino and Tom Kunockel on uh, Saturday and then again on uh, Tuesday night. And Kunakel, he's not doing a ton in terms of offensive opportunities or rolling up uh, scoring chances or anything like that. But he didn't look out of place in either of these two games. I think he's using his frame. Uh, he's six foot two, 172 pounds to fight through checks. He's holding his own in the corners. He's working the puck really well. And this is a guy that uh, had some pretty good numbers down in Wilkes-Barre Scranton over the past two seasons. He had 15 points in 23 games this year, seven goals and eight assists before being recalled. And then last season, he put up 30 points with 12 goals, which were career uh, career highs for him. This is a guy that the Penguins drafted a handful of seasons ago now, and they anticipated some bigger things from him. I think he's starting to come into his own. His father was a tremendous international player uh, many moons ago for uh, Germany, and there's a, a cool story that um, I'll tweet it out a little bit later so that you can check it out. Uh, our good friend Paul Steigerwald from Root Sports Pittsburgh brought it up to Josh Getzoff and I, who I work with at the Penguins Radio Network on Saturday morning, that tells a pretty interesting story about Tom Kunockel's dad. Uh, I'll, so I'll tweet that out so you guys can see it. Uh, so be sure to look for that. But uh, I don't know that Kunockel is going to be the player that his father was, but at the same time, he looks like he's a big body and he's going to work hard to uh, fit in here and do some good things for the Penguins while he is part of the team. So I think those two guys will help the cause. Now, a couple other news and notes I want to get to. 
uh, before we get to news of the weird and a couple other things I have lined up. Uh, first, the Carolina Hurricanes, as I said, will be in town on Sunday to play the Penguins. They have refused the Penguins' request to move the Penguins' start time. Uh, the game was scheduled for 3 p.m. Penguins hope to push it to 1 p.m. to avoid going head-to-head with the Steelers' playoff game. As we all know, they'll be in Denver playing at 4.40 on Sunday afternoon. The Carolina Hurricanes, who have their own NFL team playing at 1 on Sunday, refuse refuse to accommodate the Penguins, so the game will go off as scheduled at 3 p.m. The good news for Penguins fans, if you go down to Consol Energy Center on Sunday to watch uh, to take in this game, you'll be able to hang out and stay in the arena and watch the Steelers broadcast on the Jumbotron at Consol Energy Center. Now, the only bad juju here is that the Penguins did this last season and gave fans the opportunity to watch the Steelers play the Baltimore Ravens. And unfortunately, we all know how that turned out. That ended up being a... Um, a loss, and the the Steelers were unceremoniously dispatched by the Ravens. So, uh, you know, as most sports fans do, I think you can look into the little bit of an omen type thing there. However, uh, I think all the feel-good vibe that came out of this Steelers game uh, this past Sunday might be able to reverse that a little bit. So we won't hang on the bad there of the the Peng- or the Steelers being shown on the jumbotron at the Penguins game at Consult Energy Center. We should mention. The Penguins put two guys in the All-Star game in Nashville. That's where it'll take place this year. And uh, what we should talk about here is that it's a very, very weird format. The Penguins uh, will have Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin down there in Nashville participating in what is going to be a three-on-three tournament that will pit all of the divisions against one another. So they will suit up for Team Metropolitan Division. And this is going to be a pretty unique uh, scenario that we we have never seen before. I don't know that I'm in, intrigued all that much by it. It should be fun. There'll be a lot of goals scored, etc., etc. The goaltenders will be fashioning nooses before the end of the night. But uh, I still say if you want to have uh, an all-star format that's a little bit different, why not just have your outdoor game be the all-star game so there's not the pressure of it being a real game? Everybody will get the chance to start playing in these things. Right now, just certain franchises get the opportunity. That way, you know, different players, the best players in the league, they could be putting on a showcase in an outdoor format. I think that would be a fun way to do it. You could just move the outdoor rink around to different locations. I know you can't do it in every single market, but the league is already shown. You can do it in warm weather climates. You could do it in cold weather climates for sure. You could start picking uh, different stadiums and and different uh, venues to hold this event. So we'll see. If they end up doing it, it's uh, something that we'll keep our eyes on. But for right now, Chris Letang of Kenny Malkin will be heading to Nashville. And it's the third All-Star Game appearance for Letang, the sixth for Evgeny Malkin. Uh, Gino Malkin making uh, the third most in team history now with his six appearances. And Chris Letang's three appearances will rate, rank him second among all defensemen in uh, Penguins history. The uh, defenseman Chris Letang has three three points, two goals in his initial two all-star appearances. Gino Malkin has five points and two goals in his three appearances. Uh, He's been uh, named to the team six times, but he's only played in three games. That's something that a lot of people have talked a lot of smack on over the years on both Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby because they tend to miss this event due to injury and so on. But they will be uh, 
Gino probably at this point, it looks like he will be a participant unless something happens over the next couple weeks here ahead of that all-star weekend in Nashville. But it should be kind of interesting as they have this um, uh, three-on-three tournament that will pit all of the divisions against one another. So be sure to check that out when the time comes. And uh, with that, that brings us to our favorite time of the show, news of the weird and uh, this one's a little bit of an off the wall story which of course all of our news of the weirds are and I guess if you have to have a mug shot you want to be happy with the way it looks you don't want something that's going to be unflattering or or just not really show off your good side and I I, I don't know mug shots short, sort of show all sides of you they have you turn to the left turn to the right and head on but a gentleman in Cleveland Ohio had some different ideas and uh, he wanted he's wanted for drunk driving and he's unsatisfied with his police mugshot so he sent them a photo that he felt was more flattering Donald Chip Pugh, a 45-year-old, posted a photo of himself wearing sunglasses in a car after he saw the two mugshots that the Lima, Ohio Police Department had posted on its Facebook page. He wrote in the caption, here is a better photo, that one is terrible, uh, when he sent the selfie into the police. The police last week posted the mugshots after an arrest warrant was issued following Pugh's failure to appear in court on a misdemeanor drunk driving charge. Pugh is a person of interest in several other cases, including an arson and vandalism. So uh, I guess whenever you have so much on the docket, do you really want to reach out to the police and tell them they didn't use a flattering photo? Unless, of course, you want to make sure everybody knows who you are. Now, his post quickly captured the attention of the police, and they had this to say. This photo was sent to us by Mr. Pugh himself. We thank him for being helpful, but now we would appreciate it if he would come speak to us at the LPD about his charges, the police said via Facebook. Police said Pugh, who could not be reached for comment, is still at large. And that was your news of the weird for this week's show. I have to mention quickly as well before we wrap up, uh, sad to lose David Bowie this week. He joins Lemmy. Too many deaths of this nature lately. And uh, so I just want to say rest in peace, David Bowie. You were loved by many. And uh, you had some big big fans in my household. And uh, it was a lot of fun watching your career. And it won't be the same without you. So I wanted to mention that. And that will do it for this edition of the show. Of course, this is Brian Metzer. Find me on Twitter at Brian underscore Metzer. And I will be back next week with another edition of the show. So be there or be less than circular for the Times Online Pittsburgh Penguins podcast.